welcome, welcome to Grio and Picklies. This is your girl D and this is your girl Jane. So since we have a special, special episode, I'm gonna let Jane kick this off. Yes, today is episode five. So welcome back. And our episode title today is The Evolution of a Black Man. So we do have a special guest with us today. And to introduce our special guest, I must say he is a husband, a father, a son, a brother, and most importantly, he is my cousin. So today we have Philippe Etienne with us a.k.a. Mosquito Valentine. Oh, Ooh. man. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jane, Adina. I can't, uh, I can't thank y'all enough. Uh, the intro is absolutely amazing. Thank you for this chance to cover this topic and have conversations about this. This has... Um, this has really inspired me and I uh, look forward on continued conversations with us. And I hope that the platform that y'all have created, I hope that um, these gems that we're dropping, they could take root in your uh, listeners and they can grow to be full blown fruit trees in the near future. What? Yeah. Uh, but before we go into why we have invited you to our podcast today i want to know where did the name mosquito valentine mosquito v come from because i started seeing that circulating uh in your little tagline sometimes right. or right. your handle sometimes and i want <laughs> to know and i want our audience to get a little bit of an info about that so tell us more about who mosquito v is uh, all right well that's so funny where that name comes from it's actually uh one of my favorite uh ca characters from a show that i uh watched growing up and it's and it cracks cracks me up a lot of y'all may not know about it because um the show wasn't around when y'all was watching cartoons but it's actually from doug funny it's Doug Funny's uh, best best friend. His name was Skeeter, aka Mosquito Valentine. And my online persona, um, I used my real name on some plat platforms, but on like Instagram and face Facebook. Hey, it's your boy Mosquito Valentine. Love it, love it. I did, I mean, I watched uh, Doug when <laughs> I was a kid. It was you know. Right one of the shows that we had on free TV, you know, Nickelodeon. on cable television. You know what, maybe I did watch Doug at your house because y'all had cable and we didn't. So maybe that's, maybe that's <laughs> that might've been it, yes. Yeah, nice but sense. you're bringing it back. And I don't, and I remember Skeeter, but I don't remember um, them calling him Mosquito Valentine, so. Yeah, they they really didn't, but I think it was more so in a in cla classroom, but he really went by nice. Skeeter, and um, I'm telling you, he was blue, but I really think he was a brother. He could dance, he had <laughs> sure. swag, oh, and definitely. I think he's a full-blown brother. He had, yeah. yeah, all right. 
So that's how you identify with him. All right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you for giving us that little uh, tidbit about who you are. So we know Philippe Etienne is not Mosquito V, but no. we want to know more about you, Phil, before we dive into the podcast episode and why we felt it was important to have a brother on uh, our podcast. Yes, yes, of course. Well, thank you again for this chance. Uh, a little bit about me. I'm Haitian Canadian American. Uh, both of my parents are from Haiti. I was born in Canada. I left Canada when I was eight, relocated to South Florida, and I've been in South Florida now 30 plus, wow, 30 plus years. So, um, wow. So a little bit of Haitian culture. I, I picked up French because I was born there, and then we relocated here in Florida, and I've just had, uh, throughout my life, I've had to recreate myself to try and fit in or maybe even create my own space and um, through all that um, I attended oh I'm, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place but I can't go on without mentioning Florida A&M University my <laughs> alma mater shouts to shouts to fam you fam you alumni here um, but yeah so I kind of I kind of picked up pieces from so many different walks of life, but um, throughout all of that, I've gained so much experience, um, made valuable connections and relationships. And in my experience, um, I feel like I've, I've grown along with my friends and we each have our intricate experiences. And um, in conversations with Jane and Adina, um, I think we 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 found or or we we scratched topics that really led us to this very moment, this very point, and I'd love to share that with the platform. Definitely, um, I definitely know you've grown for sure because um, being that it's coming up to Classic Weekend, I know with hey. the pandemic and all, there's going to be some changes. But clearly, you're not there. Um, <laughs> had it been back in the day, I know you would have been on the scene. Ooh. With a little bit of a lean. Mm. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> to the left now, y'all. Yeah. Two hops, two hops. Dun, dun. <laughs> that's 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 so real. Yeah. Adina and I, we have candid conversations on the podcast, and oftentimes uh we are coming from a female perspective. So if y'all listen to episode four, the situationships versus relations it also was a episode that would include or could have included a male's perspective uh we wanted to invite a male to our conversation today we're having a completely different conversation than that but we also wanted our listeners to know that we understand as women there's always that male perspective that we would like our listeners to hear directly from a man. So that's why in today's mm. episode, we wanted to invite, you know, Phil and the first person that came to mind when I thought about a, an authentic, genuine, real, someone who is not going to sugarcoat, he's going to give it raw, uncut, but also have some very good 
and poignant uh, gems to drop, I thought about my cousin Phil because I've, you know, seen his evolution from being that young boy in Wellington, Florida, trying to navigate the ropes of being Black, Haitian from Canada, but also raised in a predominantly white area. Um, and then transitioning during the week from a white neighborhood to a Black neighborhood, going to church on Sundays, all that I've watched and seen um, and seen how he, like Adina said, partied it at Pam. Yeah. Me and cool. Adina, we went to PWIs, but we know a little bit about Pam. For yeah. sure. You know, <laughs> uh, thanks to Mosquito V, uh, I was able to, you know, escape that experience from time to time to come visit, you know. Hey. Uh, always lended, you know, a free space to crash every once in a while. So I appreciated that because, man, oh, going to a PWI is, is a totally different experience than going to an HBCU you know can't it's Absolutely. can't compare the two so yep and my, like I to piggyback off of what Adina said my first experience of going to FAMU uh, homecoming weekend was being able to crash at my cousin Phil's apartment so I've Yay. seen I've seen where you know <laughs> he he was a college student to where he's now as a man and so Phil can you just give us a little bit more information about you know what it was like to grow up being uh an a haitian individual a black boy to being where you're at now a black man navigating what's happening in our world well thank you jane um you know so many thoughts are flooding my mind right now and i'm and i'm thinking of you know where's a good way to take this conversation and, and, and point and lead it. So I'm, I'm, I'm free flowing. I'm just going to free freestyle. Um, at a, at an early age coming here, being in South, South Florida, um, I recognized that there was something that wasn't connecting, uh, my classmates, my neighbors, um, they, their assumptions of me were dead wrong. Uh, one of the things that kind of pops up was I'm trying to think they were like you like watermelon and fried chicken and I was like actually I don't um I don't know <laughs> I, actually I don't like watermelon so there were it took a while for them to realize that wow what they're and what they thought of me was was different what they believed and they knew didn't apply to me I was the exception of the uh the rule and that took some navigation and it took a while to figure out but um basically what what ended up happening with me and what I ended up doing was I found that there were parameters and not all parameters and boundaries applied to me so essentially at a really young age I had to create my own platform I had to create my own boundaries because the pre-existing ones didn't all apply to me and throughout my life, I've, I'm still doing it now. And that's how I've been able to maneuver, get through middle school, high, high school, community college, university, my first job. That's how I've been able to get through. I've had to create my own lane. And um, that's helped me to become the man I am today. And I hope in, and um, 
I hope I answered the question in that. <laughs> you did. And I think you brought up a very important topic because um, to put like a name to, you know, the description that you provided for your experience, um, it sounded like you were describing the subcultures within, mm. you know, the Black communities. Um, a lot of people don't know that sometimes we ourselves as people of color, Black people, we can't even identify the subcultures. Um, and so, Absolutely. you know, we often have to navigate um, within our own Blackness to figure out where do we fit on the spectrum because people do have these um, misconceptions about us, uh, you know, the whole fried chicken and, and, and watermelon, or, you know, do you eat so food? Actually, no, I like sushi, um, you know, those type of things. And so, right, you know, right, I right. think that's an important thing to highlight is that there are subcultures within, you know, other cultures. Um, and when people place those stigmas or biases on people they're missing you know the full spectrum um of of people it's like you know yeah i'm black i love my blackness but there's so much more to that you know right right, um, right. layers to it yeah right. layers so i appreciate that thank you for bringing that up absolutely thank you adina good point good point so i must say though you had to have faced many challenges along the way and pitfalls. So what was the onset of your evolution period? The, you're absolutely right about challenges. Um, and they, they were, they came in so many different shapes and sizes and different times. Um, Hmm, to the onset of my evolution. Can you rephrase the question? I'm Yes. So when when would you say that you were like, man, I need to get my shit together? You know, being the suave, smooth, I'ma just be able to get right. through life, but still, you know, do some things on the side and right. Well, like you know, Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, it's funny you say that. There's two specific times that I that struck me as soon as you started talking. The very first, I would say, um, shortly after my very first relationship, um, my heart was broken, and I came up with an idea to, uh, you know, I can never be in this position again, and I turned into I turned into a dog and um I was just like I can never be hurt again and that lasted for a while and after a while I I I I realized I don't want to be this player I don't want to be this dog I don't, I don't want to be this pimp and I need to shake it off and I need to let it go so that's my first um onset of ev evolution and then um really my my second one i would have to say is shortly after the birth of malachi um i was a father and it the fear of god shook my bones how i remember asking myself i'm responsible for another life how can i keep him alive 
<laughs> and uh, I mean, those are the two significant points in my life that I really feel like there was a significant shift. Wow. Um, that's, that was powerful right there, <laughs> man. I felt like I was watching like a movie, f uh, Oprah, you know, or Tyler Perry, you know, <laughs> made, you know, how they have that dramatic scene where they just pause. I, I felt that like that, that's amazing. Um, you know, we do have these things and these challenges that we often face in life, but some people choose to face them head on and some people tend to run. And what I'm hearing from you is that you were like, I'm not backing down from this. I'm going to address this head on. And I think that's, that's amazing. Um, and so I'd be interested to, to hear more um, about what you learned um, from those challenges and pitfalls um, that you experienced. There are, Thank you, Adina. There's so many valuable lessons that I'm still learning from those ex from those experiences. Uh, part of what I part of what I've what I've learned throughout the years is that, um, unfortunately, I'm not exempt from pain, from hurt, mm -hmm. from I'm not exempt from it. Um, it's challenges will come. It's not a matter of they will come. And what I've learned is, okay, I've accept now, now that I've accepted the fact that they'll come, when they come, it seems like they, I'm able to stand firm in who I am and pass those waves. Um, and it's through, and it's through conversations that I can say that I learned that, um, I've been, I've been blessed to have uh, positive role, role, male role models in um, my life. And I've been able to be unapologetically myself. Uh, you know, I could, I was able to bring my issues, problems to my mentors and they were able to give me share concrete solid advice to get me through those barriers and those those hurdles and I can't be more thankful to have those mentors to have the space where I could share my deep thoughts my silly thoughts my stupid thoughts it's important I throughout the years I've, I've realized it's important to have that space it's important to have that person you could call on to and be stupid and silly with and learn from. It's important to have that, that individual that you could be yourself and, and get a response from. And it's through all of that that I've been able to grow. Um, yeah. What I'm hearing is that you found a space, you know, with your mentors or among your mentors to be vulnerable because oftentimes, you know, and on this podcast, yeah, we hope that we have uh, various listeners from all types of backgrounds, but more specifically, you know, we are going to be speaking about Black individuals and as a Black man or even, you know, as Black people, we often don't go to counseling or we don't seek counselors or we 
we like to keep, you know, high everything under the rug. And so it's more taboo among men to not have, to not be vulnerable. And thank you for being transparent and vulnerable already on this episode by saying, Hey, you were hurt. Oftentimes men that first love hurt is, you know, what causes them to put their guards up and not want to experience that ever again. Uh, So what, what, would you say when a man is looking for a safe space whether it's counseling or through mentorship are the important things to look for because we we know that people have like friends and family members they can talk to and shoot the shit with but not everyone is going to be open to hey allow you to be vulnerable but also be honest and real so what what advice would you give to those who are looking for that in their lives the advice that I that I would give Jane is, um, you know, take take a quick moment to think of, okay, in my circle of friends, who is there right now that I could call on and and get advice? Who can I be myself? Um, who's not going to judge me? Who can who can I be real with? And start, and I really think it, and I and I hope that you at least have one individual and you could start there and um, start by having that conversation. And if you can build a reoccurring conversation, um, maybe you can say, hey, if you don't mind, could we do Wednesdays at seven? I just like what we got going on. Uh, I need a play. I'm, you know, I'm looking for that uh, place where we could have conversations and the reason why I say to start with that with that person is because in just in having a space to have conversations that opens the door you'll start with that first person and then that person may point you in the direction of another individual and then you can start to link and eventually you'll have they'll you'll have bridges and you'll have a circle of influence. Um, to, your, to your point, to what, to what you said, Jane, um, it's not, I sincerely agree, therapy is not common to me, to some of the circle of, the circle of friends that I have that are, that are guys, it's not common. We don't say, hey, I got my therapy meeting tonight. That's just not <laughs> common for us to say. But however, we speak on a regular basis and that could be a form of, of therapy. So for those listeners, um, think of who you have now and start there. And I'm gonna challenge that, that thought or that statement that you just made a little okay. bit. So why is it that men will have their group uh, the fellows that they go to to talk about um, sports, politics, ways to elevate their career, their finances, and those are safe spaces and we'll go on and on and on about it. But once it goes to being vulnerable in the touchy-feely conversations, like, dog, I really just got hurt by this girl. I was feeling her, so on and so forth. They don't have those conversations uh, yeah. the same way or at that same rate as the other topic so why is it that men typically you know uh, stray away from that Jane that's a great question I think it's 
it's a complex one. If you, if, when I really think about it and I ponder on it, I think it's really complex. Part of the reason being is um, I think we as men, um, I feel as if, and I've, and I've really felt this before. I felt as if society has told me, you're the man of the house, you're the provider, you're the protector, you um, provide for the home. And in doing so, um, I, you know, listen to rap and rap artists are confident, bold, strong. And that is complete opposite of vulnerable, weak, hurt. It's complete opposite. And I think that it's easier. It's for me, at least, it's been easier to have the confident persona and it's, easy to shoot the shit with with my friends that's easy i can do it effortlessly but when it comes to being uncomfortable and and really talking about some of the pain that i have or like dog i'm kind of annoyed it's it's different it's um it's vulnerable and it's and it's weak and i could and i find myself in my experience i've only been able to do that with a certain circle of friends uh, individuals that are close to me, individuals that's been vulnerable in exchange. Um, so it's, it's a complex answer, but what I can say is it starts with, it starts with your circle of friends. So look who your friends are. Look, gentlemen, look to see who could you be real with? Who can, who has given you solid advice throughout 2020? Start there. Oh, thank, thank you. So I think that um, you hit the nail on the head. Men typically, you know, shy away from those conversations to avoid seeming less, lesser than, less than being strong. And that's a lot of pressure too for, for guys to have to go through being providers, the head of households, so on and so forth. And then, you know, feel like they're going to be made fun of on the court when they bring that heavy stuff there. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I, and, and, and I'm, Oh, Adina, I'm going to give you a second. I'm oh, sorry. It's all good. Just, yeah. Jane just um, struck a drum, but um, also society has, there's images of these muscular Mr. Incredible type figures. And I am complete opposite of Mr. Incredible. I'm, I'm skin and bones. And that's, that's something that I've struggled with. How can I protect, provide in skin and bones? So again, I've had to create my own lane and find individuals that I identify with. Thank you, Frozone. He's slim. He's a superhero. And it's in little <laughs> things like that. And it's those little glimpses that's been able to help create that lane. And I could, Although I'm not Mr. Incredible, I could be frozen. Cool. I appreciate the pop culture references <laughs> for, for those who are listening and that yeah. resonates with you. Definitely. <laughs> and I was just going to say, I love how you tied together um, the mention of mentorship and counseling, because maybe you're not, you know, comfortable with going to see a therapist, but, you know, you have that older individual or somebody who um, 
has experienced something that you need help with, um, you can seek mentorship from them. So um, oftentimes people try to treat them like they're exclusive, but it, it really is the same thing. It's just about finding that person that you build a relationship rapport with and right. you're able to be, you know, vulnerable, like you said, and um, you're helping uh, myself and um, and uh, Jane, because we both uh, work in that field. Um, Jane's a counselor. Her population is children. Um, I'm a counselor. My population is, you know, military. And so um, we have to combat that in some way, shape, or form, because I'm pretty sure Jane, you know, her young male students are not running, you know, to her office like, hey, right. <laughs> can you help me? Right. Um, and I know most of my uh, patients, they're definitely not running to my office they normally have to be you know mandated or forced mm. to come in and it will you know be a great time in our career where we don't feel like we are you know holding people by their collars and forcing them to come I think it'll be a great time that we'll be able to celebrate that people are voluntarily coming and seeking mm. you know the help and it also will cause a shift as well you'll see more people healing because they're mm, addressing yes. things earlier as you know and they're being proactive as opposed to being reactive to Absolutely. a lot of the things that they're going to so I really really love the fact that you talked about those mutually and not you know treating them like they're exclusive because they're not exclusive I would I would chime in and say uh thank you for dropping that gem of having uh, reminders throughout the day uh actual being in, being intentional about it by going the extra step and setting alarms that's something that you literally just gave me uh to do because we can constantly tell ourselves oh like have a positive mindset think positively right. and and then the day you know before you even get to work like you're already cursing and honking at right. the stupid drivers on the road right <laughs> right right triggers so triggers yeah all those triggers you can wake up wanting to be positive and live in the honeymoon phase not only in your relationship um, with your wife, but the other interpersonal relationships that you experience. However, with uh, with the triggers and the other uh, factors that were that are thrown in at us, uh, I appreciate that you are. You said being very intentional, uh, but as I'm here to challenge these ideas because I know not that. I want to challenge what you're saying. I know that we have listeners coming from all backgrounds and of all course. experiences. And so I think that women, we have historically had this reputation of being individuals who nag men or we complain or we don't listen um, or we should let a man lead and we you know, so all those, I would say, are uh, ideas that men have because they've been passed down from men to men. And so it makes it difficult for someone who is a man wanting to do better and, and uh, follow your uh, mantras um, because they also are battling with the idea of 
you know, living with an individual or experiencing life with people who are deemed naggers and complainers mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So what would you say um, helps you or even if it's something that you've already conquered, but how, what gem would you give to men who are trying to be better um, but still find themselves repeating those same cycles those, those, and those same thought processes because of, you know, what they've been told or heard all throughout their life. Thank you. You really bring up a really good point, Jane. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to answer by saying, uh, in my experience, what I've done is um, take a moment to pay attention to the thoughts that you're having about your significant other. And you can have a whole alphabet of thoughts starting from A to Z in a 24 hour period. You can experience positive thoughts. You could experience lukewarm, mediocre thoughts, and you could experience full blown negative thoughts. Uh, and my advice is be aware of the range of thoughts that you can have regarding your significant other. Um, and I challenge you, in my experience, what I've done is I've had conversations. And when I say conversations, it's not a one-time done. My wife is a whole human being. She's a whole individual, similar to me, and in a whole entire human being. And I can't tell you what I've learned, how we've grown in just having plain old conversations. Um, for the individuals that are, that believe that they're being nagged, annoyed, and bothered, that may be true. Take a moment and listen. What is it that you're being nagged about? Now that you've heard it, now that you've heard it, in my experience, I've I heard what the nagging was about. And and in hearing, I was provided with solutions. I was provided with this is how this is what you could do to this is what you can do to rectify the situation. So for those individuals that are being nagged, take a moment to listen. Are you willing to, by listening, you could find the gems, you can find the solution to have that peace and calm if that's what you're looking for. Um, it can be done through conversations and, and very importantly, it's not a, again, it's not a one-time deal, but it's a continual process. So these smartphones and these alarms, you could set yet another alarm to have a planned conversation. Um, and that's, that's, and that's my answer. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm hearing that, you know, one, you've already talked about, you know, how you 
chosen to be intentional in all moves that you make. And what I'm also hearing is that you are open to being receptive. It's it's not just oh Phil knows it all and you know you're the person with all of the knowledge, uh, but you understand that your wife has her own brain, her own way of doing things, so on and so forth. And you are receptive to hearing feedback and um, open to actually listening versus you know throwing letting it go in one ear and out the other. Right. Uh, so, so we talked about um, a lot, and I know Dee, you may have some, you know, yeah, questions that you want to ask. I do. Um, you talked about um, being intentional about having conversations with your significant other. I think that's very important. I'd love to hear you elaborate more on that and kind of what your process is with that. Cause I felt like you were going there, but you were like, ah, you know, I can't give them all the swag. <laughs> um, so I'm going to push it. I'm going to push that. Okay. Thank you. I like that. Adina, thank you for that. Um, I want, I almost was going to say that there's one size fits all, but the reality is that, you know, there really isn't. So part of the ways that I, part of the ways that I've done it in the past that's worked for me is uh, starting off with a text message. Um, we live together. We may not be in the same room at the same time, and with this pandemic, I've been working from home. So we're a lot closer. So what I've told my wife recently is that, you know, it's crazy, but I kind of miss texting you. When I was at work, we would text a lot. And now there's no need to because you're just around the corner. But however, in the planned conversations, she can be on the couch right next to me and I still will text her. And it starts something like, hey, I want to check in with, with you. When's a good time? Uh, She'll, res she'll respond and say, uh, what's up? What do you want to check in about? And then that opens up the lane for me. Hey, I want to check in with you, see how you're doing uh, spiritually. I, this is just kind of like me jumping forward. But when I say I want to check in, some of the things in the past and some of the conversations that we've had is checking in means I want to see how you're doing spiritually, sexually, physically, um, how's that challenge that you spoke about last, last, last month? How are you, how are you doing with that? And very importantly, um, what challenges are you, are you having now? And in conversations, what I love is ask, is asking her, um, in what areas can I do better? And I, I truly, it's, it, it's so funny. I, I ask her, how can I be better? And even though she doesn't have an answer for me, what I, I tell her, no stress, you don't have to answer now, but I just want to leave it on the back burner. And I'm sure you're going to find an answer that you'll send to me in the near future. So those are the types of questions. Those are the types of ways that I communicate with her, but it usually starts with a simple, Hey, I want to check in. When's a good time. Wow. And she already knows what time it is. 
gems are dropping thank yeah. you so for that so because oh my gosh like whew, just taking mental notes so after I get off of this I can write it down because <laughs> I feel like in my experience or my past experiences I would especially when you are um you know and uh when it comes to like checking in in your romantic relationship because we are inundated with so much outside of your home I always struggled with like checking in being just another task or another load being added and I love the the suggestion of hey like in the our age texting gives that it takes the load off you know it it kind of makes it feel like it's not urgent versus walking in the room at that moment that she's on the couch and just chilling like probably mentally escaping from you know reality and just saying I'm gonna shoot a text to say hey this is on my mind it doesn't have have to happen now but I also want it's important for you to know that I want this and I love that suggestion because I know that some some of us we might be like well when we're outside of the home we're dealing with drama and then you want to have that peaceful space when you're in the home but don't know how to create time for those good conversations it's not necessarily like oh it's something bad to talk about but I love that you open up the door for her to to know hey I'm thinking of you I want to be a better husband and a better person for you and also for her to understand that as as your wife you know and I'm now this is me speaking from a woman's perspective that it's okay for her to have things that she wants to talk to you about because you've opened that that dialogue and right, and I, right. I had not never thought about doing that because you know we're getting gems from you so thank you uh, thank you for that course. love it <laughs> yeah well thank you Definitely. one of the things that one of the things that that hop that crossed my mind is the importance of saying um you don't necessarily have to answer now, but uh, you know, I look forward for you answering. The reason why I say that is because one of my homeboys was like, yo, I asked how could I help? How could I be better? And she was like, well, I can't think of anything. And he was like, listen, I'm off, I'm done, check. And I'm like, whoa, no, brah, you're not done. <laughs> it's not over. You still got to check back in. So that's- Absolutely. That's, yeah. Oh my God. And, Thank um, you so much for that. Okay, you're sure. welcome, you're welcome. And Ooh. just to just to go back on what Adina was saying, I think it was Adina, or it might have been you, Jane. Um, it's this is uh, this is this is in place. My my wife and I have this in place now. This is after um, our experiences and and everything that I've been been through. Living with a uh, roommate that's unfortunately attempted suicidal change the way that you handle your business um, with your roommates with individuals you share space with so as a result as going through that experience this is a result that what we were able to pull out of that experience so it's not as if again I, I don't have it all but based on the experience that I've been through and what I've learned through the bumps scars tears snot nose crying through that i we have tools that we've put in place now to help us fight through this life 
and I love it. Um, what I personally got from what you were saying is that, um, you know, communication is important in relationships, um, not just for sustenance, um, you know, but also that we are constantly evolving as individuals, even when we're in relationships trying to become one. And so you're going to constantly need these updates, you know, to see where these people are in their evolution. And I think, you know, that was great to highlight that. And something else that, you know, you spoke to for me was that when we are having these conversations with individuals, um, specifically our partners, um, we owe it to them to be active listeners. Um, don't mm. listen, you know, to respond. Listen because you're truly trying to understand. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's very powerful because oftentimes, you know, when we're starting these conversations, we already have our response. We know what we're going to say. And sometimes right. it's coming from a place of defense, not so right. much a place of, <laughs> you know, I really want to know what's, what's going on. So that, that was just awesome. Definitely. Yes. And I actually was going to say that, um, Adina, I, what I gathered from you, Bill, is that you genuinely you you have a genuine interest in checking in and seeing how your wife is doing and it's not just like a box you're checking off of right. you know a list of things that you give for yourself and so that's thank you for reminding our listeners like this is work that's constant it's ongoing you know these things that you experience in your relationships shouldn't be like oh I checked off that box why is she not satisfied or you know like I've asked and I didn't get a response so no need to do that again uh it's and you know for women too who are listening same thing it's not just a one-time uh deal it's constantly uh work towards those things because I always say the one and I love this um this quote is the only thing constant in life is change. And so we as individuals, yes. we're always changing and evolving. So the person that, you know, you married or met 11 years ago is not the person that she is today. Um, right. Absolutely. And same thing goes for you. The person she met is, you know, 11 years ago is not the same person you are today. And so con constantly wanting to work towards being better for one another should be right. priority, not necessarily constantly working to match that person's evolution period, because we all right. we all um, evolve at different rates. So, in that same statement, um, oftentimes I hear, you know, that hey, men mature at a slower pace than women. Uh, so, what advice? Because you know, I feel like that can be a crutch sometimes. Um, right. So what advice would you give to men to help with their maturation rate, you know, uh, as a as a reference, okay, that they understand right. like, yes, we may, we may mature slower. And that's a reference point of reference, and not use it as a crutch. Oh, I mature slower. Therefore, I should be given a pass to right, not right, right, right. getting these things done or not addressing you know, these areas. So I think you're, I think you're right. In, in my own ex experience, I've used, I'm a, I've used that as a crutch before. Well, I mature slower. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I've, 
I'm guilty of using that. Um, as far as advice and um, for those listeners, um, what I can share is, and I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm repeating myself, but I, I challenge you to um, have conversations. I challenge you to have conversations with your again, your circle of influence. Um, It's okay to be silly. It's okay to have that space where you can joke. Um, But also, what can you learn? What can you learn from it? I, I, in so many experiences, I can say um, there's opportunities in, in, in everything that, that we do, we do. And if your intention in it, and as a man, if you are anything like me and you realize that the possibility of you maturing at a slower rate, um, if that's a possibility, what can you do to change that? In my experience, what I've done is reached out to my older cousins, family, my mentors, and I've asked them about specific guidance in circumstances that I was dealing with at that time. And that, that, that elder, that mentor was able to give actual concrete advice to help me maneuver through. And through that experience, I was able to grow and mature and um, what I can say is growing and maturing is I tend to want to get to the finish line and I just want to get it done with. And that's just not the case. It's an ongoing, it's, it's an onion and there's layers to it. And it's a practice that uh, I've adopted. And that is my advice that, I'm, that I'd like to share to the listeners. Wow. So the gems that I've, you know, gathered, and Dee, you can definitely uh, chime in. My gems that I've gathered from you, Phil, is one, we as individuals should take responsibility for our own actions uh, and, and be also intentional once we've, once we've decided, you know, to take that next step of being mature and own our shit being yeah. intentional and in what and what we do and how we react and respond towards others and also on top of being intentional it's a recurring effort constantly working on you know being that better person so yeah. it's a lot of intraperson intrapersonal uh responsibility to right. be able to have those successful interpersonal relationships Exactly. So. Thank you, Jane. You okay. couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Man, you're using that psychology degree today. Hey, flexing. <laughs> hey, using them those counseling ver- uh, vernacular. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I pretty much was going to ask the question, um, you know, when people find themselves repeating um certain behaviors and and thoughts and emotions but I don't feel like I need to ask that question anymore because I felt like you already addressed it in different parts of uh, this dialogue and I think the biggest thing is being intentional you know if you notice that you're repeating the same behaviors and things 
address it immediately that that's the first intent and then you know if you are still unable to address it yourself that's when you seek that mentorship those friends you know those people who are not afraid you know to give you that that get right that act right um and so i just think that um we are now griot and pickley's ted talk today um <laughs> like <laughs> thanks hey. to thanks to my uh birthday twin by the way uh hey. mr swag picante aka mosquito valentine you know uh i just want to say you just put us on ted talk you know status so i appreciate oh. that well, i know i you. had a lot of questions for you phil because i love picking your brain i you know Hadn't done that in a long time. I remember in my 20s, I, you know, hit Phil up about dating advice, you know, because he was, oh. he's, my, he's my cousin who I know is going to let me in that male brain because he's like, That's okay, I'm, I don't have anything to hide. That male, that guy code. Yes, not circle of influence, y'all. Right. He does not subscribe, at least not when it came to his cuz. He did not subscribe to, oh, guy code. I can't, you know, um, give on you now. insight on that. So it's been a while since I... Uh, picked your brain about different topics so thank you but aside from me asking you and Adina asking you questions is there anything else that you wanted to share something that came to mind that you wanted to just drop before we wrap this up yes um what I can yes what I what I would share is um to your to your listeners that have given the chance to to all your listeners that that's, that's listened so far that are still listening right now um and may feel like this is a lot of information i don't know where to start i may need to hit re rewind i may need a notebook and take notes mm -hmm. and 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 there may be listeners that are driving that they may not get a chance to play back and and take take the notes what I can share with you is I have one simple ask that can get you on this path, on this journey. I dare you to repeat after me. Speak to my heart, Lord. I dare you to repeat that and watch. That's how this process starts. I dare you to repeat it. Speak to my heart, Lord, and watch what will start happening in your life. And that's that's my gem, y'all. Okay, so me snapping since we snap, we snap, snap. <laughs> we we just turned from Grill and Pickley's <laughs> TED Talks to now we are Grill and Pickley's Missionary Baptist Church on you. Okay, can we pass the collection plate, please, one time? for the elder uh philippe etienne okay um man all that's right real, i will real. be the usher no you're right you're oh. you're right about that you're right wow. about that. oh my goodness this man has so many tricks up his sleeve oh my gosh i was not expecting that wow Ooh. we definitely will be inviting you back Yes. 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 On yes. another yes. episode, absolutely. And Definitely. as you mentioned to our listeners, if you have been rocking with us and you've actually stayed to the end of this 
episode. Thank you so much. Yes. We will have our email in the episode description so that you can message us any questions that you may have, um, anything that you want Phil to, elab to elaborate on when we have him back, please email us and that email address will be in the episode description. Also, if you are listening on the Anchor app, there is a tool to leave us a message. So you are free to do that if you would like us to answer any questions that you have in future episodes to come. Yes. And so with that being said, thank you. We are out and I'm speechless. We are now available on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Please subscribe so you don't miss out when new episodes are available. You can also leave us a voice message when listening on the Anchor app. Join us every other week to hear what we're serving. Thank you for listening.